Welcome to the Broad Story Project. In these times of COVID-19, the world is a crazy jungle of contradictions. Overwhelming compassion and selfless service contrast against devastating illness and racial injustice. One place broads instinctively turn to for solace is our memories. Stories from our pasts that have shaped us and remain part of us, defining what we value and what gives us joy. To honor the power of stories in these times, Broads created these podcasts with memories from our members. Suez Jacobson leads this project. She is a writer, the executive producer of the film Wild Hope, and serves on the Broads Board of Directors. When she turned to her own memories of the Boundary Waters, a place she'd waited 50 years to visit, she found it restored her connection to nature's resilience and made her want to help share stories from others to inspire hope. Today we have with us Valerie Dowell. So Valerie, hello. Hello, Suez. How are you? I'm great. It's a beautiful day in Minnesota, and I'm excited to be talking about the broads, one of my favorite memories. So tell us just a little bit about yourself. I'm 69. I was born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah. Spent most of my adult life in Seattle, and then... uh Things changed, and I ended up moving closer to my son, who lives in Minnesota. So for the last three years, I have been in a completely different landscape um, from what I'm used to on the West Coast and the deserts of Utah, and I live in uh, in rural Minnesota, and I'm really lucky to be surrounded by the natural world. I live half a block from a state park and across the road from the St. Croix River. I live in a place where I can walk and ski and hike basically out my backyard, which is new for me and and really lovely. One of the reasons I'm in Minnesota is I have four granddaughters here, and they live right up the road. So even though this is a time of distancing and stuff, we are one big happy family, so I get many little hugs during the week, which keeps me going. Oh, wow. Sounds perfect to me. I have to admit I'm a little envious (laughs) living in the big city of Denver. Well, how did you get involved with Broads? Oh, that's kind of an interesting story. When I when I moved back to Salt Lake uh, after I retired from my job at a biotech company in Seattle, I was alone. I was on, on my own for the first time, and I really wanted to go hiking and camping and all that stuff, but I wasn't quite sure enough about myself to go camping solo. And it was 2009, I think. I had to go through the archives to try to find the date, but... I read about Great Old Broads in a magazine article, and if I remember, it was an AARP uh, magazine. And there was a story about the Broads, and being over 55, I was interested. But the best thing was they were doing a, a gathering, what we all now know as Broadwalks, down in Escalante, which is in southern Utah. And they were going to be camping for several days and doing service projects and the like. And I thought, well, there you go, Val. Get on board. So I signed up. And it wasn't when I signed up solo, because I didn't know anybody at that point. Um, But I got a phone call after I'd signed up from Rose at the headquarters, and she said, glad you're coming. Would you like to carpool? And I said, sure, why not? More the merrier. Well, as it turned out, there were two other broads coming to Salt Lake, and they needed a ride down. One was flying from California and the other one from Tampa, Florida. And they, as it turned out, were college roommates, so they'd known each other forever. They flew into Salt Lake, and, and we drove down to Escalante together. And <laughs> that was, what, 10, 15 years ago, and we're still great friends. But anyway, so we went down to Escalante and had a great time. And 
one of the memories I have of that trip was getting to know great friends through broads, which I now have many, including Suez. That's another story. But So that's how I learned about broads, and I ended up being a, a broadband leader in, in Salt Lake for a while. I'm a broadband member here in Minnesota. We've done many broad walks together. Uh, Suez and I even went up to the Boundary Waters together on a broad auction, which was life-changing. There's many stories like that, but that's how I learned about the broads, and I have been active with them for over 10 years. Well, we hope we get back out on those broad walks before too long because that's how I got hooked on broads also, was wanting to go camping and seeing a broad walk in Arizona focused on wolves. And I went, and that's what hooked me too. So Yeah. Um, let's hope we do get back at that before too long. You've got a lot of stories, but do you want to pick a favorite story to share with us today? Yeah, I do have a lot of stories, and I wrote down a bunch of them. But since I did mention Christine from California and Joanne from Tampa, that that Escalante trip created one of my favorite memories uh, in Escalante because not only did we camp down there, and everybody else was in cabins and RVs. I, of course, took my backpacking tent because... I wanted to camp, <laughs> so I was camping in an RV park, but that's that's okay. But one of the we also did um, some service projects, and as as broads often do, so Joanne and I and Christine were assigned to paint um, a Forest Service utility building that was up on a rise in this beautiful swirling sandstone desert, creamy colors, bright oranges and reds, and at the top of this peak on this curving road was a concrete building, square as all get out, and painted for a service green. I mean, it couldn't have stuck out more if it had a neon sign on it. So our assignment was to go up there and paint it sandstone red, which we did. And we climbed up on top of it and painted every square inch of it, and it blended into the rocks, and we were so proud of ourselves. And to this day, every time I drive down Highway 12 from Escalante to Boulder, I see that building only because I know it's there because it blends in so well. I smile with with a fair amount of pride. It was it was a great project and <laughs> cemented us forever. And Chris and uh, Joanne and I have done a few other boondoggle trips together since we met. So, yeah, lifelong friends. It was and it was a great project. And we tramped all over Escalante, and it was great fun. We had a good good time. I missed an important part of that. So this was the 20th anniversary gathering of Broads, and there were probably, I, I'm trying to remember, 50 women there and, you know, rows and uh, people from the office. And we had potlucks. We cooked all these great meals. We drank and had bonfires. So, you know, it was convivial as well. And we had lectures. We went to, I think, one of the visitor centers and had a lecture on the flora and fauna of the area. Plus, we went on hikes. Well, you must have done a good job painting that building because I don't remember seeing it when I was just there <laughs> last year. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> Suez wanted to dig deeper, asking Valerie, what do these stories tell us about what we value versus what society teaches us we should value? Well, I think any story about nature's an experience in nature, I should say any story that relates an experience in nature teaches people what the world is without us and what is necessary to keep our lives going. 
because we are part of nature. We don't own it. We don't manage it. We don't run it. We're here to be part of it. And it doesn't take much to see that when you take kids, particularly out into wilderness, and see their eyes open and get down on their knees and see what's growing and discover critters that they didn't know exist. And I think that that can be life-changing. I live about 40 miles from the Twin Cities, and it's strikingly different. You know, the streets are square. There's little houses all over. It's a beautiful city. I'm not disparaging Minneapolis. And there's trees and flowers and things, but you don't see them for what they are. You see them almost as decoration, whereas out here, it's just wild. You know, stuff grows on the sides of the roads, and it's a constant reminder of how important wildness is in our lives compared to rigidity and routine and control. We need wild places in our lives in order to cultivate that natural being in ourselves. I think that's so true. It's very hard to feel connected on a cement parking lot, but once we, as you said, get away from those straight lines and those defined corners and into into the wild, it, we're different people, and you can't help but feel that connection to wild, even in a small town or even in a vacant lot, maybe, in the city. So we all have childhood memories of, I think, being in nature when maybe nature was the tree in our front yard, but it mm-hmm. was an escape from, escape from the house. <laughs> and the, the other thing I have noticed, particularly with I see it up close and personal almost every day with my four granddaughters. Being out in an in an area that's not as constrained as a city, and I've experienced this myself too, when I'm out in the wild, you need to be self-reliant. It teaches you courage. It teaches you confidence. It teaches you a way to solve problems. You can't always just, you know, pick up a phone or open a book when you're out in the wild. And you, and then you realize that you have these deep down strengths that can be called on in any kind of situation. And I think that's invaluable. Um, and I think sometimes we miss teaching that or having our kids experience when we're always in a very routine and, and rigid schedule. Uh, there's gotta be time for, for wildness and play. And particularly in times like this when it seems like there's nowhere to turn. But there always is. And it's down deep in us. This is the time to pull it back out and look at that shiny ball and say, yeah, I can get through this. So I'm glad you're doing these stories. I, I hope somebody's inspired. Certainly that's maybe a silver lining of all this. Uh, people are discovering that connection to nature and maybe having more time to sit and to think about these deep connections instead of always being on the go and out to restaurants and so we, we hope there's a silver lining here of, of reassessing what's important, what we need, and certainly being grateful for the organization that's given us so much and especially the educational piece. So, Valerie, it's been great to talk to you. And do you have anything you want to add before we say goodbye? No, I think we've we've pretty much covered it. I you know, I can be a broken record and <laughs> go on and on, but I think you've touched the values. And I am eternally grateful for having stumbled upon the broads. As I said, it's brought me connections with dear friends, uh, who I'm still in touch with, including you, and I continue to be involved here and we'll keep in touch.
Well, I hope maybe I'll see you in Minnesota sometime in the future. And yeah, we'll go paddle again. That was so much fun. You're going to tell that story. <laughs> Don't miss the next episode of the Broad Story Project. You'll find links to other stories on our website under News.